Welcome to the Sharon Brown Podcast. This is Sharon Brown. And uh, today's episode is, this is the 15th day of 29 Days of Original Quick Podcast Christmas and Holiday and Everyday Tips by me, Sharon Leslie Brown. Now, the official name is 29 Days of Original Quick Podcast Christmas and Holiday and, and Everyday Tips by me, Sharon Leslie Brown. Or uh, So, uh, it's the 15th day. Now, it's amazing that we have 15 days. You know, I am so excited about it. Uh, yesterday was the 16th and today is the 15th day. Uh, so, we have 15 days left until the 25th and that's from the 12th to the 25th would be 15 days so uh what can we do today and i I started out a little earlier i would i would love to do the podcast early so that you can have the day to try to do it and stuff like that but um i've been busy and things have been going on so i've been making sure that i get it done that night you know, so it's been like nine or something like that. But praise God, uh, I'm able to do it a little earlier today. God has been blessing me. And, you know, it, I just want to share a praise report. Some things that were uh, uh, problematic or, or whatever uh, have been resolving itself for me in Jesus name. You know, God, it, things have been great, but some things that uh, were a situation uh, have now gotten better. So praise God for that in this Christmas season. So this season has been really good for me. Um, God is restoring some things that uh, was kind of lost. So I'm just praising God for that. And I hope you find something to praise God for in this season, as well as praising God for bringing Jesus. So what can we be thankful for uh, about this Christmas season, we can be thankful that Jesus came in the flesh and the fact that God came in the flesh and Jesus is the word of God. So what is today's tip? Well, the tip, uh, I, I can, uh, say the tip would be, I would want you to look in the scriptures. Now you can read the word, you can read about the Christmas story and go through it. You can read different uh scripture verses. Uh any Bible verses would be great to get into because you should be getting into the word of God all the time. You should be listening to gospel music, Christian music. There's some great gospel music. There's some great Christian music. Uh and you can uh you know they are based on the word and they are they help you to worship and lead usher you into worshiping. And you can do that without the music. You can do it with the music. You can just have uh so many different uh uh things that you can do concerning the scriptures that it'll cover the bases that you won't have so much need to go to the things that are not of God. You know, there are a variety of things that Christians offer that are better than and rival the things that the world offers. Like you can find Christian programs, uh, 
You can find Christian music. You can find Christian books. You can put yourself in a position to do well. And you can use the Bible and follow the Bible so that you can do good things and do the things that the Bible says. Uh, if you're not prospering and, and doing things the way the Bible says, it's because you're not following the scriptures. If you follow the scriptures, the things that the scripture says will happen. And uh, when things come at you and it seems like it's a problem and, and come to attack you or whatever the case may be, those things happen too. And you see how the children of God dealt with it. And sometimes when they were being persecuted and under attack, they were worshiping God and praising God that people were coming after them for standing up for God. So that's the funny part about it, that when people were being attacked in the Bible, uh, they were praising God that, you know, because of their faith and the love of God, people were coming after them. We don't want that to happen, but we thank God that we are making such a difference and doing such a thing that the kingdom of hell is in an uproar. So praise God. But we, but also the Bible says when the, a man's ways please God, he makes his enemies to be at peace with him. So we also find peace in these moments, but then sometimes there might be an uproar, whatever the case may be, but God is handling it. So anyway, uh, my tip for today is I would like uh, you to look in the Bible during the Christmas story. You can look in uh, Luke one and two, I believe, and you can look in Matthew one and two. Uh, you can uh, go through it, and I would like for you to look at all the different uh, people who were involved in the story of Jesus. So Jesus is the main focal point, and you can continue to look at that and look at the the reasons why he came, the ramification. You can do that all together with this. You don't have to separate Jesus out, but I would like for you to look and see who all took part in, uh, what, uh, Jesus birth, like the angels, the shepherds, the, uh, wise men, Joseph, Mary, Elizabeth, Zacharias, Elizabeth, uh, you know, all the different people that, that were involved. And you can kind of look at all the people that were involved. So I gave you many of the names, but there are more. And what you can do is uh, get an idea of what each person had to do with the, the uh, Bible story of how Jesus came and, you know, everything, how he was named, all that. You get an idea and you can map it out for yourself on paper uh, to say, exactly who the people were that were involved and what was their part in it. Uh, you, you can, if you want to try to, uh, do, you know, different things and look at some of the other issues, that's fine. You can look at anything you would like to in scripture, but I would like for you to point out all the people involved in the Christmas story and what part they took. And you can do a short, brief synopsis of each person and the things that they did. So this will give you a clear picture of what occurred on Christmas and before Christmas and what occurred for the promise and everything. And you can find out all the people that had a part in this. It will benefit you later because if you have to uh, think about it and explain it to someone else, uh, you can uh, explain it properly. You can do it in a, a 
coordinated quick way instead of having to go through a whole story you'll know how to uh bring it down to the different people and the things that they did this would be a nice way to be able to tell someone the story briefly and get hit all the points so this will help in a, another way as well as you feeding your soul and learning about what happened during the christmas story uh, this is an original idea. I don't think anyone has ever decided to look at who specifically took part in the Christmas story. This is something that I think uh, would be, you know, something that would help you out. Uh, it would give you a better idea of everything that was going on at that time. It will help feed your soul and it would help you to understand the Christmas story and understand what happened. So you can explain it to yourself first and you can get to know Jesus a little better by looking at the story. And then when you're recalling the story to yourself and to others, you will have looked at these different things. So you will know everybody that took part and everything like that. And if you need any assistance, you can always download the Bible study. Bible app is the purple one and it has the concordance. It has the Bible dictionary. It has the notes. It has everything. So you find the Bible dictionary, uh, the Bible uh, app with everything in it. And it's a free app and, uh, you, you download it. It's not a problem. And then you can uh, also work on it offline, I believe. Uh, you can try to find the one that you could work offline too. But uh, that that's not necessarily. But if you want to be on the Bible a lot, you make sure you get an offline version of the Bible study Bible so you can um, have your internet off and still be looking at the Bible and not run up your minutes if you have a minute plan. So, uh, so yeah, so it would be a blessing to look uh, and find out everybody that took part and what they were doing. And then if you need to search further and you don't have the Bible app, you can look online. You can go to the search engines and you can uh, find out who was a part of the Bible story, or you can just do a survey down the Bible story and pick out the different names of the people that were involved that day and see who was a part of it. And then look back in these chapters and see, okay, what did they do? So if you want to do that, you can go through and look at, okay, this is, uh, Mary, this is Elizabeth, this is John, and then you get their names out, and then you look back to see, okay, what exactly did they do? Okay, the shepherds, the angels talked to the shepherds, the shepherds went here, You can, and you can do it, you don't have to have the whole detail of everything like uh the angel said specifically this, but you can say when the angel came to the shepherds and the, he spoke to the shepherd, God gave him a word to speak to the shepherds. And then the shepherds did this and you can uh, have the story mapped out in your mind uh, what occurred so that it'll benefit your soul. Uh, you know, we, we study for ourselves. The Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God. So we study for ourselves and we study for God. And it's a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we need to study, but we can find a fun way to study and we can find a productive way to study to get some things out of the scripture that we need 
to understand. And we can understand uh, how God uses different people. So we can see how many people it took to make this whole thing come to pass. You know, it really, God just, he was able to uh, go to Mary and the Holy Spirit uh, overshadowed Mary and Mary became pregnant with child. But the angel had to first come to her and tell her that God wanted to do this. So he, he wasn't going to just impose his will on her and just take over her body and impregnate her by uh, his spirit just uh bringing forth a child like he creates he you know he does it in with his spirit so he's able to bring forth life so he did that with mary but mary had to be a willing participant so he went uh before by using the angel to go before and say uh, that he wants to do this thing and that she was chosen by god for this and because of that Mary oblige. So you will look at these details, but you can do it in a brief way in a synopsis and you can show how uh, the angel had to come to Mary. So you can make it a, like a story where it's a shorter story where you get to the point. So the angel had to first come to Mary to tell her that God wanted to uh, uh, plant a baby in her womb that would be Jesus, the savior of the world. And then she had to agree. And then uh, Joseph and her was uh, engaged. And then Joseph wanted to put her away because he thought she had had sex with someone and got pregnant, but she didn't, you know, so you can go through the thing, but you can do it in a nice way where you get the story for yourself and it benefits you. And it'll also open your eyes when you go in depth. You can do a cursory view, but you're still going in depth because when you get this understanding, it's phenomenal what you're going to get when you see all the things that went into God performing this promise. And this promise was from the Old Testament and it happened in the new testament he's fulfilling it in the new testament so the angel is coming to mary and he's telling her what god is going to do and this is what god promised so it's a blessing it this is not just a, a study to for study's sake this is a part of your worship and adoration for the lord to read his bible to read his word this is a part of getting closer to God during this Christmas and Advent season. And you can do this all year round where you get into the word. It's important to get into the word and get closer to God and understand what he did and why he was doing it and who he sent to do it, who he used, how he used them, how he can use us. He doesn't still do virgin births now. He's not going to do that. But when you see how he had the angels speak to people and then he had them do uh, certain things, you see how God can use you. Uh, God may send an angel or he may just speak to your spirit inside and, and uh, give you an unction of what you need to do or something. 
Uh, people experience God different ways. Some people say they experience him this way, that way. However you experience him that is faithful to the Bible, you can tell that's him. And the things that uh, he wants you to do is biblical. You understand who you're dealing with. That's God. So he's not going to necessarily send you an angel and he's definitely not going to overshadow you and you're going to be uh, pregnant with a virgin birth. Now, if you are a person who is not pregnant and you're married, then you can have a baby. And if you and your husband have been trying to get pregnant, but you can't, God can touch your body and bless you uh, in a spiritual way and make you uh, able to have a child that has happened. People have attested to it. Uh, it's biblical that, you know, God can do that. So he might not do what he did for Mary, but he could cause you to have a baby. When you and your husband copulate, you would actually have to copulate, uh, to, to get pregnant. Uh, or if you're doing some IVF or whatever the thing is, he couldn't make you wind up getting pregnant out of it. So God can do that. You could have your own miracle uh, pregnancy story, but it won't be at on the magnitude and level of what Mary went through when the Holy Spirit himself overshadowed her and there was no man involved at all. He just overshadowed her and she became pregnant uh, based on the creator creating in her womb. So all he did was create in her womb and he used the, the tools that, and, uh, the material that he put there already. He already put a womb. He already put the menstruation, the eggs and things that was available to, uh, give birth. And then he, uh, brought forth life with all the things that he uh, has and is able to do. And the the mystery of how he actually did that, we would have to inquire in his temple to find out exactly what he did. But he overshadowed her and she became pregnant. Uh, so this Christmas story is, is phenomenal. It's unlike any other. There are many that might try to copy it and you know but they don't come anywhere close to the magnificence and glory and wonder of what Jesus did and uh as many people have said throughout the years all the other religions who have had somebody that they said was you know something special prophet or god or whoever they all died and they remained dead the only one that's still alive that died and, and was resurrected is Jesus. So Jesus differs from all of them. And Jesus is God in the flesh. You know, the, the scripture bears that out. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6 bears that out. As I speak about that chapter and verse often, because it's very clear there that uh, Jesus is God in the flesh. It says in the beginning, I mean, no, that's John 1. I, I was just thinking about John 1. John 1, 1 also speaks about uh Jesus being God, he was the word. But uh, Isaiah 9, 6, it says, Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, I'm breaking this down in an original way. This is an original way I broke it down so that people can understand it for themselves and explain it to others. So in Isaiah 9, 6, when it says, 
that unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. When it says Mighty God and Everlasting Father, this is the original breakdown. The Mighty God and Everlasting Father has to only be talking about God. It can't be talking about another God. It can't be talking about an angel. It can't be talking about anybody else but the Almighty God. Even though it says Mighty God, some people say it only says Mighty God. Well, there's only one God. You can't say it's another God because that would be two gods. God said, don't have any other gods before me, beside me, etc. So it has to be talking about the God. So his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. So he's Mighty God. And Everlasting Father is very clear. It's only talking about God. No other person could be the Everlasting Father. There's only one. So that has to be talking about the very God. And what is this Mighty God and Everlasting Father going to do? It It was preceded by saying, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. So the child... And the son born would be the mighty God and the everlasting father. So that clears it up that Jesus would come in the flesh and it would be God in the flesh. So his name would be Emmanuel. And it's literally Emmanuel, God with us. God came in the flesh. Amen. So, uh, yeah, so this is a blessing. This is an original, uh, breakdown of that scripture verse so that people can get an idea and of how to explain it to themselves, how to explain it to others. It's clear. There's nothing that is, uh, you know, obscure about it. There's nothing that is strange or different that, you know, is not clear. It's very clear. Mighty God and everlasting father. No one can tell you it means something different. There's only one everlasting father. There's only one mighty God. And the everlasting father puts it over the top because there's one everlasting father. And God, the father is everlasting and he's the father. There's only one of those. And this child is going to be the mighty God, everlasting father. It couldn't be the king of that day. Because the king of that day was not the mighty God and the everlasting father. Now, God is the one sending this message to through the prophet Isaiah. He would not be calling somebody else the everlasting father and the mighty God. That's not going to happen. He had to be talking about himself. But he's speaking about it as if it's in a different person because Jesus would be in the flesh so in the flesh, that would be a different embodiment of God. God inside is the same God, but the embodiment in the flesh, the flesh brings on a new person, a new persona. So the flesh is a different, the flesh is real. The flesh is not fake or something like that. It's real flesh. It's real flesh, but it's not a flesh made by man and woman. It's flesh made by the Holy Spirit who uh, came upon and overshadowed Mary. And so Jesus had real flesh. So that's the difference between God and Jesus, that Jesus has flesh, but the spirit inside is the spirit of God. You know, that's God in the flesh. So uh, while you're looking at the story of Jesus and you can always make that the forefront, 
but look into the different uh, roles that people played in this scenario and how it affected them and how God spoke to them and how God blessed them with the news that Jesus was coming and how he gave people opportunities like Mary to be uh, the one who carried Jesus. You know, so you can look at it from that perspective of how God blessed the people with the presence of Jesus coming on earth. So when you're looking at it, you can take it from that perspective to keep Jesus in the forefront and center of it. How did God present Jesus' birth to the different people? And who were these different people that were involved in the Christmas story? And what did they do? So do that. And you can do that now. You can do that later. You can do that after dinner. You can do that in uh, at, in a few minutes. You can do however you want. You can do it for as long as you want. You can do it as in-depth and detail as you want. Or you can do it, uh, you know, just uh, as a, a nice synopsis of, of what happened, something brief, so that you'll be able to deal with it. But if you want something where you can go back and go into the details and look, and you want some kind of notes for yourself, you, you're you free to do that. You know, do it the way you choose to do it. Uh, if you want to make a notation to do an in-depth study later, you can do that too. But enjoy yourself in this Christmas season, and don't deny yourself of the Word of God. Have a ball in the word of God. You know, the word of God is fun. It's enjoyable. It's life. The, the word is spirit and life. That's what the Bible says. The word of God is spirit and life. The word of God is true. So you can enjoy the word of God. It's not just, you know, it's not just only rules and things like that. It's all also showing you the love of God and what he's done for you and how he blessed you, how he loved you and all these things. You can enjoy this. You know, people don't take the time out to enjoy God. The Bible even tells you, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. That's in the Old Testament. God wanted people to test him out, taste and see. David, when he was, you know, king and had the a crown on his head, he was loving God so much and praising him that he danced and his crown fell off his head. People were, his wife was mad that he uh, was, you know, the crown fell off his head and all kinds of things occurred. But he was so enthralled with God and so loved God that he didn't care if people thought he was being gauche or, you know, not, you know, not uh, of a person of his status. He was acting, you know, below his status and beneath his status by being so overt with praise and worship. And, you know, he wasn't acting stately, but rather he was bowing before God and worshiping and dancing so, you know, you can enjoy yourself in God. You can have fun. So the idea that people in churches uh, do the praise dance, um, uh, the shouting dancing, that is biblical. David, it might be the father of that, if I'm not mistaken. And David said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So the Holy Spirit uh, began in the Old Testament. Uh, so we understand that the Holy Spirit is biblical and came from the Old Testament. So David, he danced like the people in the black church 
you know, so David, uh, so David, uh, he was doing the, the Holy Ghost dance back then and he had the Holy Spirit. But uh, I don't know that everything that people do when they dance and is OK and the true thing. But uh, most of it is is God, you know, in uh, people celebrating God and they dancing before the Lord. It's OK to dance before the Lord. David did it. The uh, the black church does it. You know, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament uh, when people were uh, talking and um, speaking about the word. Some of the people were saying amen and whatever. And those kind of things happen in the black church. So a lot of things that you see in the Old Testament that were occurring, uh, people were doing that then. And people in the black churches do this now. So there's a great link to the Bible and uh, the black church and, and not only the black church, there are other uh, races and ethnicities and things like that, that uh, engage in biblical activities as well. But um, uh, I notice it a lot in the black church. Uh, so just make sure that you uh, enjoy God, enjoy his word, take the time to get to know what he offers and what is you you're free in God you are you're not bound you're you're free you're free from sin you're free from death you don't have to be sullen and sad and you know beaten down you are victorious in Jesus we are overcomers we are victorious so we don't have to be sad and down and there are many things that we can do the Christian life is not a boring life you know if you're not doing it right and you're not doing it by the Bible, you'll think it's boring. But if you follow the scriptures and live the scriptures out, you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to have a lot of information. You're going to be informed. You're going to know what's going on today. Even if you don't read the newspapers, you can read the newspapers and stuff, but you'll be informed about things that are happening and going to happen based on reading the Bible. You'll be ahead of the curve of what's going on. So get into that word and, uh, you know, the things that the world offers, it has a price, a hefty price. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So you don't want the things that the world offers and everything that the world offers. It'd be better for you to get it in Jesus than to get it from the world. You can get money. You can get power. You can get all kinds of things. Uh, People in the, the Old Testament, I mean, in the New Testament, the uh, disciples and the, uh, the the apostles, they were fighting and arguing over who was going to be the greatest among them. So some people say, well, you know, you shouldn't be trying to be the greatest or you shouldn't be trying to do this. Well, they weren't necessarily rebuked for wanting to be great. But Jesus said, uh, the greatest among you will serve, will be a serve. And when you understand what being a serving is, it's not that you won't have a great position, but you understand the heart of a server, of someone who serves people, like even politicians and stuff, they're supposed to be serving people, but they have a lofty position. So if you understand what Jesus is saying, you can be in great positions and get money and things like that, but you don't love the money because the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Christianity offers so much. People are lying 
or they're not showing you all the things that it offers because you would never be bored if you're in Christianity. Uh, I mean, uh, people find ways to get bored somehow, but in Christianity, I find I'm never bored with Jesus. When I'm not around people, I am I have company in Jesus. I have company in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when I am around people, that's fine. But you can, if you are not with people around the holidays, snuggle up with Jesus. You can also go to church and you'll find friends and family there. Uh, because the if you're a Christian, the church is your family. And if you have a problem with one church and it's intolerable and you have to find another Keep going until you find a church that you can be happy at. You will have joy already in Jesus, but find a church that you can be happy at. You might have to get on the bus. You might not be able to walk to it, but you'll find one. Ask God, pray and ask God to lead you to a church and uh, you'll be able to find people to be around. Some uh, places will have some things to do for the holidays or if you are spending the holidays by yourself, you can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no mandate in the Bible that you have to celebrate Christmas and have to have some kind of uh, feast or something like that. So if you don't do that, but you celebrate Jesus, that's fine. If you do celebrate the holiday, this is not about a tree and Santa and all that. This is about Jesus. You can do all the feasting. There's no problem with that. You can eat. You can do whatever. If you choose to give gifts, that's fine. But you, your main thing is to take note and recall what Jesus did when God came in the flesh. You want to make sure that that's at the forefront of what you do. And I think the manger scene is going to make a comeback. And so I believe that uh, uh, I hope it happens in this season, but I believe that uh, eventually the manger and the manger scene is going to make a major comeback. And if I don't know that it's only going to be Christmas, they might uh, display the manger scene year round because it's something that, you know, happened to humanity that God was born in the flesh. And that needs to be remembered around the clock 24 seven. So we'll see, but I I believe the manger scene is going to make a comeback big time. And the Christmas carols that are about Jesus are going to make a stunning comeback. And there are going to be new Christmas carols about Jesus. And it's going to, it's not going to be about Santa and snow. It's going to be about Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. Who took part in the Christmas story? The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father, He made the promise that he was going to send a savior and then he came as a savior. So the word of God, which is God and Jesus, he came in the flesh. The word became flesh. He wasn't always flesh. He was just God, the word of God. Then he became flesh. And then the Holy Spirit is the one that overshadowed Mary and was able to uh, impregnate her. Now, God has to sit on his throne because he set up a throne in heaven. He doesn't just walk off his throne and come down and do stuff. So Jesus, the word of God comes down in the form of, you know, a man. And that's how God is able to function. And then Jesus is in the flesh and God is on the throne. Is he trapped? Can he no longer move and do stuff? 
Well, there's the Holy Spirit. He comes as the Holy Spirit and overshadows Mary and puts himself in her womb. And it probably would make sense why he would have to overshadow her because he's putting himself in her womb. Jesus is the word of God and the Holy Spirit is God. Uh, so when we inquire in his temple, we'll see all the specifics of how that happened and how that that worked when he overshadowed Mary and she became impregnated because God was giving himself in the flesh over to her. So exactly how did he do that? He says he overshadowed her, but that's going to be interesting to look and see what that was really like, you know, what all occurred. So this, the Christmas story is so great and wonderful, but enjoy your uh, 15th day of the 29 days of original quick podcast and uh, Christmas and holiday and everyday tips by me, Sharon Leslie Brown. Thank you. Bye. Water of the word. Wow. Segment. Luke 1, 54 and 55. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Sharon Brown sings. SBS segment. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him. Born the King of Angels, oh come let us adore Him, oh come let us adore Him, oh come let us adore Him, Christ the Lord, oh yea, Lord, we greet Thee. Born this happy morning, O Jesus, to Thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, O come let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltation. Oh, sing. All ye bright hosts of heaven above. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Him Christ the Lord.
Agaste fidelis leti triumphantes venite venite en Natum videte regem angelorum venite adoremu venite adoremu venite adoremu domino Joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him oh come let us adore him christ the lord oh holy night the stars are brightly shining it is the night of a dear Savior's birth, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt his word fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices, oh, night divine. Oh, night divine. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt his word fall on your knees oh hear the angels voices oh night divine oh night divine fall on your knees Oh, hear the angels' voices, oh, night divine, oh, night divine. Salvation Nation SN Segment. Romans 10, 9 and 10. For if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Repeat after me. Jesus, I confess you as Lord, and I believe in my heart that you rose from the dead. You said in your word, if I confess you as Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that I am saved. I have done so, and I am saved. Thank you, Lord. Sharon and the Rose of Sharon segment. You've just listened to the Sharon Brown podcast, where the Rose of Sharon is the star. Jesus is the Rose of Sharon.